0: For another episode of with sonar it's Wednesday 330 p.m. Eastern time just right for just before the end of the day here you can take a nice little break here uh, Luke and Kyle are here again to discuss a, a fantastic episode we've got a lot to discuss here we're going to be looking at earnings reports from Knight Swift here in a minute we've got international container crisis we're going to be looking at new Class A truck orders and if are they going to make it in time for the summer rush event. And of course, in just a little bit, stay tuned. We will have a special guest on Chris Seeds here shortly, but in the meantime, Kyle, uh, hump day,
1: you, you, hump day. yes, yeah, right. <laughs> My goodness. What a good day. Well, it's, it's Wednesday. So I'm it's super Wednesday. there, but there's just, I'm, I'm looking on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm seeing everyone that's commenting our own data. Even, you know, got Henry, you got everyone, Zach Strickland, you got everyone talking on so many different things. We got economic crisis potentially, we That's got absolute. container issues. We got imports that are continuing to surge. We got demand on the trucking We've side. Got my
0: hair issue right here. Luke Whatever's has yet to on. figure I out what, what a comb is. is
1: like, so don't worry, guys. If you if you think his hair is bad now, you should see it when he's on his demos. <laughs> so, don't worry. He's, <laughs> this he's,
0: is this is like this is like Luke trying to look nice for a change, and so that'll
1: just tell you what I'm like when I'm not. You know, on FreightWaves TV. This just shows you all. For everyone that knows us here at FreightWaves, yeah. you put a quarter zip on. It's the new business cash. Yeah. That's all you need is a quarter zip, and, and FreightWaves loves quarter zips. So, Big fan. no, I'm super excited. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, but to to start off, I mean, that let's let's start with containers. 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 So, Hatpack Lloyd just put in a massive order. Oh, those types of containers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, was, ta- not talking about Tupperware. Okay, I was, I'm, that, I'm that's talking what about teus twenty foot equivalent containers. Hatpack Lloyd has just ordered one hundred fifty thousand teus in efforts to combat this slow turn times, and it cost about five hundred fifty million dollars in order to do this. It's so a nice chunk of change. Massive, and and it's needed. It's, yes, I mean we were just talking about containers are the new are the new gold. It's hard to 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 figure. You know, we're having issues with supply. There's already, I mean, on the ocean front, there's already only so many carriers as it is. Right. So you're, you're having a lot of different issues. I was actually talking to a, a prospect today who's who's a shipper out of Canada who does a lot of importing from China into Vancouver, and he was telling me that one of his other lanes, not just from China but um, from Malaysia was having like near sixty day transit times coming to to um, to Vancouver just because they were just bouncing around other ports that have high demand and high dollar amounts. Okay, and I think Henry was talking earlier about you know they uh, a lot of vessels are kind of avoiding the United States because the money isn't come is, isn't exporting it's it's there's there's more demand coming into the United States and you get that dollar amount just like the trucking I mean we right. talked about o try and and it's the same thing with the ocean carriers. They are looking for areas to be more profitable, and yeah. that's how they're doing it.
0: Yeah, and we, we've seen this because the, the price of those containers has been going
1: up higher and higher, right? And we've looked at that before. 4X.
0: 4X in a, in so, a way time from.
1: Freighton's Baltic Index yes. um, about eight months ago was about just over $1,000 yep. from uh, China nor, uh, going east to the North America. So that is the average of... All of those Chinese yeah, ports. could be Hangzhou yeah, to LA. Yeah, you know, Xinjiang, you got Shanghai, you got all Long these different Beach, ports. Yep. And Average then, all this together. you're about. I think it was around 1200 bucks. Yeah. US are, dollars. About three weeks ago, it capped out at over $5,000. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is just, it's it settled down a little bit. It's right at about $4,800. But just insane right and that's just the Freightos baltics index right like if
0: you're if you're a shipper you're not paying that price i mean you're you're talking like because you got to go through your forwarder yeah. right and they're working with you know a lot of like maybe they're working with an mvocc who's yeah. like working directly with the shipping lines yeah. i mean you could be paying fifteen thousand dollars potentially for an actual container
1: by the time it comes back to you oh you but want I, that container move like this week yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's you just an accessorial charge is what we call that it costs you a little bit <laughs> yeah. um you know
0: but anyways, yeah. So a lot of great, a lot of crazy things going on there. So hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll see that come through. And that that's actually interesting because in a little bit we're gonna look at the Class 8 truck orders. So yeah, kind of in the similar line there, people are buying new capacity, just like Happen Mullen is buying some more containers. Uh, capacity, so we're going to look at the, the truck orders there in a minute. Before we get there, though, something that's interesting, and I think a lot of folks have been expecting this to happen, mm-hmm. is now that we're starting to see a full year over year um, from 2020 to 2021. So really, when the freight market kind of hit that 2020 volatility in 20 uh, that volatility in 2020, I think around March of 2020 is when it really hit. Yep. a lot of carriers have seen impacts. Um, on their their bottom line. And we've got some really good insights here. Swift, obviously, they reported uh, their earnings just recently. And I'm sure it's not much of a surprise they had a killer earnings report, but to how much, I think this is a really good tale um, to show. So for reference, they reported earnings of 83 cents per share, okay? Now you're kind of wondering, okay, 83 cents per share, that's their profit per share. What does that actually mean? Well, to give you a reference point, all right. That's thirty nine cents higher than where they were in Q1 of 2020. Right. All
1: That's right. Just-
0: so quarter over quarter. So Q1 of 2021, they were thirty nine cents higher. So more than a 50 percent increase in, in profit or right about a 50 percent increase year over year in in, in earnings, which is un believable for the carriers out there they were operating at I believe an 84 percent operating ratio mm-hmm. um, which is very high well above the average I think this time last year most carriers were operating around a 98 percent operating ratio um, on the drive-in side so extremely high yeah that's, um, that's
1: great and even you know their stock price it was low 40s and in this time last year and now yep. it's upwards it kind of peaked a, a few days ago above 50 back down a little bit to about 48 but right. but Trending up, and to the right, trending up into the right, always the right direction you want to be in. So absolutely. So a lot, lot of crazy things there, and I think we'll probably continue to see that
0: trend, and we may even see those earnings reports go even higher as the contract rates finally, the higher contract rates finally start to go into the mix. We've seen that happening. Uh, obviously, spot rates have been very high for a while, right? Uh, and they're continuing to run parabolic, as uh, we
1: like to say, as our fancy buzzword here. <sighs> what a, here what a word to drop on the week that. Dogecoin, I know, I'm just sorry. has a just had peak. to slip that one in a little bit. Oh God! So everyone who doesn't know, Luke's a he's a big believer in the cryptocurrency. What is your thoughts? I've heard a couple different uh, different perceptions of like how this is just yeah. making fun of crypto. Crypto is this way of the future and how people are supposed to be buying and it's new currencies oh, nice. and it's disrupting the market. Blockchain, right? Dogecoin comes in as a joke and says royal middle finger, you know? So,
0: okay. So here's the, so I've been, I've been investing in crypto for a number of years now. Right. Okay. I've, I've been through various high cycles of 2017. I've been through low cycles. Right. We're Kind of back at a high cycle now. Right. You know, it goes ups and downs. And this is just one dummy's opinion here. Okay. <laughs> I have, li- I mean, that, that's all it's going to be. I'm not going to give you any specifics. Don't do anything based on what I tell you right here. But um, my opinion on Dogecoin is, yeah, it was created, I believe, in 2015 as a joke. They were just kind of, you know, messing around when crypto was beginning to gain steam. Obviously, it had been around for a number of years before then, but um, not really, you know, not really, not a whole lot going on in the crypto space apart from a couple of the major coins there. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, a few others. Right. Um, and it doesn't really do anything until TikTok. A lot of folks started to gain steam on TikTok. People like just invest it and then Elon Musk got a hold of it. My my thing is this, it's um, it's a meme, and yep. like GameStop, we'll compare it to that. We saw a massive rush in GameStop, and GameStop is definitely off of its high. I believe about more than fifty percent down from its high during that little uh, short pump that happened at the beginning of the year. I short would, pump. yeah whatever that's not even <laughs> an official term there, um, but I'm I'm making it one and. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dogecoin do the same thing. Could it reach a dollar? Like some people say, maybe. I have no idea, nor does anybody else, but um, eventually the party will probably end for that coin and others that actually have more legitimate use in the world will probably stay. Now I could be completely wrong. I've been wrong on many things before and I'll be wrong on many things to come, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, from somebody that's been in the space for a few years now, no, but, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Right. You're getting me distracted, okay? This isn't with Bitcoin. This isn't, yeah, this isn't with Bitcoin or with Dogecoin <laughs> or with Elon Musk. Although that with would crypto. be very fun. With that would crypto. be a great we, show. That might need to be a spinoff here. Let us know in the comments below. Um, but no, we've got a we've got a very special guest here joining us today, and yep. it's actually our first repeat guest on nice. with Sonar. Very special indeed. Um, so joining us today to talk about some of the craziness going on in the, in the space of the freight world and maybe what the summer months are going to look like, please welcome Chris Seeds, the sales director at Bridge Logistics. Chris, how are you doing today? Good, guys. Happy to be a part of the show again. I'm, I'm honored. The first, uh, first repeat, that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Love awesome. to have you. Also, by the way, Kyle and I were talking earlier before the show on how, you know, when we invite guests on, some folks are, you know, we like to keep things casual. Right. Apart from, you know, I feel like I'm in a black tie event, you know, wearing my quarter zip. But for the most part, it's pretty casual. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we have folks like, oh, TV, we got to be really formal, really fresh. I love the fact that you're in a hoodie right now. That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and but I think we need whistle on
1: our hoodies. Uh, well, I'll get on. That. I just took that my, I, uh, I, just took my
2: <laughs> I just took my tuxedo off uh, five minutes ago or I would be uh, dressed to the nines as, as well as you guys are. But just took it off
1: there you go awesome no i'm, I'm happy to make
2: it on having some having some technical difficulties here but your uh your freeways team did a fantastic job on having me switched my cell phone so you guys are about this big but from here luke
1: the hair looks great <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> that, that is a lie in its own we'll just hey, say hey, hey, we don't hey, hey no, it's,
2: but no. just in case you know what i'll uh i'll get a a bridge swag hat in the mail to your brother just in case you i, appreciate those, that. I will days. i will
0: wear that um and uh, that's two weeks in a row now that the Freightways uh, team has been um, swooped, in. Yeah, swooped in, come to the rescue, and been uh, commemorated on their efforts. So uh,
1: we don't get too the praise. We don't want to go to their heads, even though it's well-deserved. No, perfect. Well, to start off, Chris, I mean, who would have thought, you know, where me and you came from about a year and a half ago, it feels like. I think, uh, you know, we started this whole yep. sonar journey, and, and me and you ha- had met, and then now your your whole persona on linkedin now i mean that that's just phenomenal so tell me a little bit about what you've noticed from just putting out that content and how that's developed so far
2: yeah so we you know we partner with a number of companies but i think uh you know one of the the the, the most impactful recently like you said over the past year and a half has been um you know freightwaves and sonar you know that that the platform and i've said this before uh, and i'll say it many times um, in the future here is just it's allowed us to just you know gain such a um, such a different insight, and it helps us really to evaluate and I say it all the time um, and explain that uh, the why behind the what, which is so critical and um, you know it couldn't have been a better time uh, for us to, to to get involved with with sonar and uh, you know establish this partnership um, over the last as we all know year and a half here, um, you know things have been crazy, and so you've had a uh, enormous uh, thirst for information and a need for understanding, not only just on the shipper side, but on the carrier side. And honestly for us to to inform our employees. And, you know, it's allowed us to do all those things on a very high level, uh, not just through, you know, what not to miss with Chris and, um, you know, putting that out um, you know, on a weekly or biweekly level, but, you know, being able to have those conversations with customers off camera on a regular basis, being able to have those uh conversations with carriers um as well as employees. So that they can, you know, be advisors, not just brokers or sales reps, but advise, um, you know, their prospects and customers about what's going on
0: and why. Love that, Chris. That's that's absolutely fantastic. I think you hit the nail on the head there, and that and that's a massive differentiator, right? I mean, anybody can anybody can find a truck, right? At the end of the day, there's not really a whole lot proprietary about somebody finding the truck. Sure, somebody might have better relationships with their carriers or whatnot, or you know, be able to keep keep uh you know their shippers involved with the transits and all that but to be able to advise i think that that's the next level right you know to be able to take yep. it to that level
2: yeah cincinnati is a um, you know it's a saturated market and uh you know you have to be able to differentiate here um in the city with all the great players that are surrounding us you know the, the big guys um you know they have a lot of fancy tools and techniques that they use and, and clearly it's working you know they're they're as big as they are for for a, a certain reason and that's that's good for them but You know, that's not our same um, strategy and game plan. And we we do things differently and it works for us. And, uh, you know, Sonar has been a big, big piece of that.
0: That's awesome, Chris. I think um, so. Just something that something that's interesting here and and it might be a little bit small on your screen, um, given that you're on the phone, but we're going to we're going to try to do our best. We're going to jump in. Kyle brought up something in the markets here comparing uh, tender rejections. Which I know you're very familiar with, uh, two mm-hmm. new Class Eight truck orders. And I think if we can, let's just go ahead and throw this up on the screen here for our viewers. So let me explain what you're looking at here. The blue line that you see there—that's over the last year, as of this morning. Those are—that's the percent of ten, that. Those are the—that's the tender rejection percentage uh, over that time period. So we're sitting mm-hmm. right there at about almost 26% as of this morning's update. And then, you know, we we dipped down there in late March around two and a half percent. Uh, we So we've seen a lot of peaks and valleys. And excuse me, this is actually since the beginning of 2018 is there all on the left. I said that over the course of a year, but it's about a year and a half here or two and a half years. The orange or excuse me, the green line is new class eight truck orders on a monthly basis over the same period of time. So we can see here we peaked out uh, right here in, um, I guess, what's that? end of November. And we've kind of stayed around this really elevated level around that 39 to 42,000, 45,000, uh, orders range. We didn't, haven't seen levels that high since the end of 2018. And then obviously when all that capacity hit the road that
1: caused tender rejections to drop. Yeah. I mean, I love the so to This is, this is the reason why we kind of chose this chart was it, it gave you a little bit of that flavor of, you know, we all know what 2018 was and, and 2018 was kind of similar to what we're going through right now, which is we just, there was so much demand for freight. You could really pick your price at at a certain point. And so what happened? We bought more trucks. Then what happened? We oversupplied the market, super, super soft. And now we're back to where we were. So just kind of proving that cyclical nature of the transportation industry. Is that kind of how you would represent, or, you know, how you would describe it as well, Chris, or what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was on that brokerage floor back in, um, you know, 2018. And I saw that shift from 2018 to 2019. And, um, you know, it was night and day and, um, you know, a lot of it was not, you know, if you look back at the volumes, it it wasn't volumes, volumes were, um, relatively stagnant for, uh, both years, but where you saw the huge fluctuation was those rejections. And that's all about, you know, supply. And I think a lot of, uh, fleet owners understand that and they were around then too, and they're more hesitant to, um, you know, place those consistent orders, or uh, you know, maybe they're putting a little bit more emphasis on driver recruiting right now because they know how hard it is to fill those seats. So for me, I think understanding the class eight truck order piece is huge. But I mean, you have fleets right now, uh, large fleets, with um, you know trucks sitting, not being utilized because you can't seat those drivers. And no. yes, COVID is, um, you know, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, there's more. Uh, you know, vaccinations going on. people are becoming more comfortable. there's more um slowly that shift from services to goods. but you still have an enormous hole in that driver pool. um I think it uh, I think I heard a statistic the other day it was you know eighteen to twenty percent um have left uh, this the the industry and you know any anywhere from you know just aging out, um you know finding different opportunities, you know government assistance um Drug and Alcohol Clearing Act. Um, There's just a number of reasons that carriers have been pulled off the road, and some of them aren't coming back. And I, and while it's good to know where those Class A truck orders are and and, and when they're, uh, you know, planning on arriving and and hitting the open market, I think I think the big concern um, that we need to be talking about
0: is is uh, driver recruitment. Yeah, I think I think that's a valid point, Chris. Right, like anything, right? You know, it's, it's a data point. There's a lot of data to obviously consume. Yep. And, you know, with this, it's, it you know, a lot of Class 8, new Class 8 truck orders are, are largely driven by by larger fleets. Um, obviously, small fleets mm-hmm. definitely involved in that. But a lot of those larger fleets uh, do do impact those numbers uh, quite heavily. But to your point, yeah, absolutely. Right. Driver recruitment is tough, especially with with wages going up in a lot of areas. There, there's a lot of government assistance or financing going on. Um, and that does make things difficult. I think um, I think eventually, you know, we we probably will see some of these some of these new trucks hit the road. Eventually, driver recruitment will probably catch up. The question is that we've all been asking is is when, right? And and, and right, it may right. not be. Hey, it, it hits here and then we fall off a cliff like we did from 2018 to yep. 2019. I don't think we're going to fall off a cliff, but maybe we'll we'll stair step right. down slightly a little bit to maybe some sort of median level.
1: When that happens or what that median level is, I'm not sure, but. Um, you know, we, yeah, we'll keep looking at the signals, right? And so Chris, one thing that right. you bring up, and I think it's a more of a sentiment piece and, and we'll see it, you know, on the advertisements is, you know, we saw CRST, I think just, just uh, promoted that they did a big pay raise with a lot of their drivers. And then we saw things earlier in the, in the year with Schneider. And, and so as more of these trucking companies, that's just more of a, of confirming what you just said, which is, you know, it right. is, it is ne- They're now having they're it's just getting that driver in the seat. And once we see pay rates right. start to going and those massive bonuses, you're going to see just the same, same driver. Just it's not like we got new supply. It's actually the same supply just right. going to a different company.
2: Yeah, and I mean you gotta you, you gotta look at that operating ratio too because now you're increasing that operating ratio. Uh, you know, there's there's a there number of different factors we can get into that that affect right. that, that that OR. Um, but you know, anytime you're increasing a cost, you're 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 affecting that OR, and uh, that's ultimately going to have to. Um, you know, be compensated for somewhere. And I'm sure the companies are trying to az- absorb a lot of those costs that a lot of the bigger ones, um, I'm sure are great at doing. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you know, the higher that ratio arises, whether it's with pay or insurance or whatever else, it's going to, you're you're still talking about, um, you know, effect that's going to um, dry, drive increase or, you know, stabilize rates to where they are right now at a very high level.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely very interesting. And another piece, and in- and we'll start talking about this a little bit more because we were just talking about the supply side. Now let's think a little bit more about the demand side. You brought up earlier that 2018 was was all just under supply. The clearinghouse, we had the, the ELD mandates, we had a lot of these different factors mm-hmm. that are that has, were associated with the supply side. And so now the, now we have a demand issue being that we saw just all of these inventories throughout 2020 just get completely squeezed. And, and now mm-hmm. we're trying to uh, you know, restock all these the inventory levels, but we're buying at an all time high right now, and and we can see mm-hmm. that in in the inbound uh, TEUs. And and Luke, I think you might have it up, and so let's let's put this on our screen. And so so Chris, and for the people that are listening in, we're gonna we're gonna be viewing a a chart out of Sonar that is is comparing the amount of bookings of TEUs that are going to be coming into the United States in about fourteen to twenty one days.
0: It's the blue line
1: and that, and that's going to be the blue line and then the the orange line which is compared to it is is going to be what is that our tender rejection or tender uh, volume yep. tender, tender volume yeah tender tender volume so really mm-hmm. just comparing what containers are coming in to the amount of demand for trucks right now and and so we've mm-hmm. really just seen that ramp up and it's continuing to ramp up and as we go into summertime which is normally a softer period I don't think that's going to happen I mean is that yeah. kind of what you're when you're talking to your your reps there it's, yeah is it is that kind of some of the same sentiment you, you you give them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean every every time I pull that chart up, it looks like that um that inbound ocean TEU volume is is getting ready to break a new record. It looks right. like we're approaching that again. It's just it's you know, when's it gonna stop? And um, you know, I think that, you know, these um inventory levels uh play a huge role in that. But you know, you have stimulus check, you have uh money from consumers that they haven't spent from, you know, some haven't spent from you know, the first and second round of stimulus checks, let alone the third we got not too long ago. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, like Bank of America savings data and I, which I know you guys do, and, uh, you know, the, the U.S. consumer has, uh, is sitting on piles of cash. And while the service industry is opening back up, there's still goods that need to be purchased, um, you know, to support the service industry. When you go to the rest, to a restaurant and you order food or whatever else, you know, that, That's still coming from somewhere. That's still a good that needs to be purchased. So, I think that until you really open things up on a large scale, you have people, um, you know, resort back to that service as opposed to good aspect, and you have, um, you know, an abundance amount of drivers re-enter into the market. You're not going to see those volumes, uh, you know, take down at at a um, at a high level. I I think that's going to be a gradual decrease and you know, like I talked about this week on What Not to Miss was, um, you know, how those volumes are being dispersed across the U.S. You know, everybody knows everything about Ontario and Los Angeles and or, uh, the Ontario market, how the Port of LA and Los Angeles are just, uh, have been gangbusters for the last, you know, year and a half. But, you know, when you look at uh, the diversity you're starting to see to Houston and Charleston and, and Savannah and, um, you know, a, a number of other um, you know ports that aren 't used to seeing these high level of volumes for a very long period of time you 're really going to start seeing a lot of carrier displacement outside of what we 've already seen you know probably something you see typical in like a bad storm where you know drivers leave the market and then it takes weeks for them to reroute you have um, you have an enormous amount of infrastructure built out on the west coast because those volumes are you know yeah we've not we're not used to the the insane volumes we've seen over the last year and a half but we're used to high volume coming out of you know the Ontario market. We're not used to some of those same volumes that we've been seeing recently come out of that East Coast. So you, you have you know years and years and years of an infrastructure being built in order to support that West Coast. That now you're diverting freight to the East Coast, and they don't they just don't have the infrastructure. At least all importers don't have that infra- infrastructure to support the demand.
1: Yeah. No. Exactly. And I think what we talked about just before you came on is that. Also, it's that's not where the money's made for the vessels as well. So they're only going to supply so much capacity yeah. to that East Coast because we all know that the, the with the trade deficit and what you can now charge for that China to, to East Coast, freightos B- Baltic was above 5,000. So, I mean, yeah, they're making right. so much more money on that side. I can totally see... Some sort of manipulation. I'm not going to say it's rigged. I'm oh, not gonna hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but some sort of manipulation that's going to cause that supply side to then fall down even more on certain areas. I just want to say, to anybody
0: listening, I'm not with this guy. I don't know who all, he the, is. Yeah, all of a yeah. sudden
1: I get whacked over here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't talk about the vessels, all right? <laughs> hey. But the steamship lines are coming at you. But no, that's that's awesome. And Chris, thank you so much for for jumping on here. And we I really love your, what you're doing with, our, with the videos. And it does portray a message that this is actually, how the freight industry is looking now. You got to be able to look at multiple sure. different data sets, whether it is from just macro trends to trucking industry to, you know, what we're looking at here in Sonar as well. So thank you. Hey, yeah, Chris, absolutely. if folks you want guys to get are, in touch with you, how do they do that?
2: Yeah, look us up at um, com or <clears throat> hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, always on there. So um, uh, you can catch uh, the latest episode of What Not to Miss with Chris. Um, just put it out yesterday or the day before. So Uh, Look that up. A lot of the same content we just talked about now. I'll go over on that. Happy
0: to have more in depth conversations about that as well. Awesome. Fantastic. Chris Seeds, everybody, Bridge Logistics, thanks so much for joining us. What a guy. What What a guy. guy. Also, can we just uh, give another shout out to the Freightways Media team for like the the nice Chattanooga like mirror
1: with the water backdrop here? Yeah, I just, yeah, I noticed that last week. No more with sonar as the background. No more with sonar as the background. No, but this is exactly what you're going to get if you come to F3. November eight through ten. Yeah, we're it's gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal. I'm it's super be phenomenal. excited. A little
0: infomercial though that we just threw.
1: Yeah. Um. But no, that that's fantastic. Absolutely,
0: absolutely great. Um. It's gonna be exciting. I know. So Craig, the CEO of Freight Waves, if you're not familiar, Craig Fuller, he said that there is around twelve thousand, I believe, twelve or thirteen thousand hotel rooms here in Chattanooga,
1: and he's like, we want to book all of them. That that would be insane. I yeah. Mean, me coming from a big city, I'm like super excited about this. I'm like, yeah. more people, the better. This is going to be awesome. And so, but I'm really interested because Chattanooga, pe- people who live in Chattanooga are like, yeah, it's it's a big big city for a small town. Yeah, for a small town, Chattanooga is a big
0: city. It, it does have a larger city vibe for the, like the size. It has a lot of amenities for a
1: city its size. A lot of history. Mm-hmm. God, it's one of the top bottlenecks for traffic in for, yeah. for the highways. I'm sure I'm Alley. anyone who's, who's, who's listening in that 75 yeah. to 24 a is, is, is a doozy. But, but no, I really love talking with Chris and he really brings that kind of perspective as well, because mm-hmm. their bridge is not the largest company in the world. No. I mean, they they to his point, they are having to compete with all of these other brokerages who do maybe have venture capital backing or. Was able to just acquire or grow to a point where they're just so huge they have this this and this budget in order to, you know, have proprietary proprietary technology. So they've had to really do a lot of things, and they're probably one of the one of my best customers that I've had that I personally brought on, where they've just had so much success with it. Yeah. So like no others have had success. What you're saying now of yours. Yeah number all one. of all of mine huh? all of you. <laughs> every single one every single one <laughs> love it no every customer is successful with sonar and and so next week i think yep. we'll dive into a little bit more of an educational background of, of what we can do with yep. sonar for you guys because i know we're always just showing you exactly what the what uh, what happens at the end of it but next week i, I know we want to show you a yep. little bit of a little bit of the magic how it actually gets to yep. that
0: a little, little of the meat and potatoes and I think too, also some of like the the actual tools and features that, that folks utilize day to day. right? how do you make a decision on pricing? How do you make a decision on forecasting? How do you actually use the forecasting tools? Yep. Um, where do the forecasting tools even come from? And 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 a whole lot more uh, in the suite there. So it's going to be really really exciting to to dive into that. And we've got some really big updates coming out here soon as well. Like the, like they're, like we're not done. Like Sonar is never done. It's like you know never be satisfied. Um, so there's a lot more stuff coming, time out heat. coming out too. Summer time heat. We got. I want to say some things, but I can't. I can't can't spoil the fun. I can't spoil the fun. No, we're super excited. But, uh, yep. That's right. Yep. So, anyways, we're excited. Folks, thank you so much for joining us today on With Sonar. We will be here again next Wednesday live, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Tell your friends and everybody, of course. And if you want to learn more about With Sonar, feel free to leave a comment for Kyle or myself below, and we will be happy to take you through the process. Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you next week.